Goff's three minutes. Your story. Cause knowledge is. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I just wanted to give a shout out to all you listeners out there for letting us cross the 1,100 listener mark. I didn't know that we were ever going to get this far, and I'm kind of shocked we got past the first one, but since you guys are listening, we'll keep putting them out for you. So thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode. You just finished up the late shift at your job. It's February. It's cold. The wind is whipping through the streets, swirling the steam coming from nearby manhole covers. You wrap your coat around you a little tighter. You drop 50 cents into the turnstile and go down the steps onto the subway platform to await the number four to take you home. You glance around nervously and notice a couple of guys a couple benches away starting to take notice of you. You get a little uneasy, but maybe you're just tired. You have been reading in the papers about increased violence in the subway system and begin to get a little wary. They start to move your way. You notice one is brandishing a switchblade. Just as they get to you, the train pulls up and you move to get on. They follow. As you step onto the train, you look around to see three men wearing red berets. The two guys from the platform see them too and back off and don't get on the train. You breathe a sigh of relief because you've just been saved by the guardian angels. Now the mid-70s in New York City saw budget cuts leading to over a third of the transit police being cut and drugs and crime beginning to skyrocket especially in the city's subway system. Police were straining to keep up with criminals, with the resources they had. It was a dark time. Insert, 23-year-old Curtis Sliwa, a New York City native, high school dropout, and McDonald's night manager in the Bronx. He did not like the way his city was headed and decided to take it back. He founds the Magnificent 13, a group of 13 unarmed, multiracial volunteers who began riding the number four IRT at night, a train so rough it was nicknamed the Muggers Express. Now his goal was to stop crime, whether by being a deterrent or physically stopping a criminal and making a citizen's arrest until the police can arrive. His group of 13 began expanding and their success led to the formation of the Guardian Angels on February 13, 1979. Within a year they had expanded to over 700, 700 red beret wearing vigilantes riding the subways and walking the streets of New York City as a symbol of citizen pride and with it crime begins slowly abating. Take a look at some of the pictures from the show notes and you'll see these guys do not look like the kind of guys you want to mess with. Now these angels did have some specific guidelines. You had to be 16 years or older, carry no weapons, angels would actually search each other prior to a patrol, and would travel at least in twos. They were trained in first aid, CPR, conflict resolution, and basic martial arts. Groups of eight angel teams made up mostly of minority teens would ride the subway in their red berets and white t-shirts with the angel logo emblazoned on them, an eye inside a pyramid on a shield with wings. Their goal was committed to pursuing the betterment of their community. And in an area of civil violence and racial tension, it was a beautiful model to show multiracial young adults working together for the common good of their city without discrimination or hate. Now initially, both Mayor Ed Koch and the NYPD discouraged these vigilantes, fearing inevitable violence. The Angels did have support too. 
Lieutenant Governor Mario Cuomo said, they're a better expression of morality than our city deserves. After a group of angels ate a cop being beaten by his own nightstick, the feelings toward the group began to shift, and eventually even Mayor Koch was on board. Today, the Guardian Angels have over 100 chapters worldwide and even have adapted to the digital age with the Cyber Angels, cracking down on online predators and crime. They received a boost in notoriety in 2002 when they began pumping gas for citizens too afraid to get out of their cars during the Beltway Sniper's reign of terror. In 2016, after a series of subway slashings, the Angels saw a surge in membership to combat the violence. Sliwa's formula was simple. Quote, I have a very simple outlook toward problems. Every problem can be attacked simply, without complex thinking. You're either right or wrong, and if you're ripping someone off, you've got to be stopped. So if you're ever surrounded by the big city lights and see a group of red berets, you can breathe a little easier. The guardian angels have your back. Class dismissed. This podcast written, produced, and narrated by Isaac Goff in wild, wonderful Ward County, West Virginia. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs>